Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff Sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. It is luxurious. It sounds luxurious. Luxurious. I like the way booth. you say that. Yeah, I try to make Barry it. Barry White going there. Yeah. I, <laughs> not not exactly like Barry White, but as close as I can get. There you go. How about that? That's good. Tom Doran, you just heard his voice. Yes. My, uh, Hello. Sidekick. You Hello. doing all right? I'm well, sir. And you? I am doing fantastic. Good to hear. So we have uh, another another episode of the Catholic Cafe, another topic that's going to just... You're knocking them out, aren't you? We're trying. We're trying. Bunch. There's a lot. Well, you know what? Our what are we faith, up to now? Uh, it's a couple hundred. Okay, cool. So, you know, our faith is so deep and so wide. It There's is. There's so much to talk about. You're right. In fact, when we started doing the Catholic Cafe, someone said, well, I mean, what are you going to do when you run out of topics? I mean, what is it, like 10, 15 topics? Probably can't run out. Well, we got a couple hundred so far, and I can actually think of a couple hundred more. That's good. You know, so it's like, I think we're going to be on for a while. We're going to be okay. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're going to be fine. And so today we have this interesting topic, okay. and this is n- maybe not the way that we would have normally th- addressed something like this, or the, maybe a person would think about this. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about the sc- sacred scriptures, Okay. but we're going to talk about them in a different way. We're talking about today biblical intimacy. Biblical intimacy. Yeah, and, and what you I mean... We don't hear that every day. We don't hear that every day. All right. Uh, and maybe that's a Catholic thing, a modern Catholic thing. Yes. You know, not... It's I can't not, wait to see how you do this. Well, what I'm going to try to do is kind of help people understand. So most of my audience is, is Catholic. Like I have lots of uh, uh, of our separated brothers and sisters. A lot of Protestants have some atheists. I have a lot of people that email me yep. who do listen to the show. They do. Don't always agree with me, but right. you know they're that's listening. Okay. That's great. Yeah. I love to have yeah. uh, I love to have the folks uh, listening. But when you say biblical intimacy, there are some people who might actually think, yeah, I'm I understand what that means. The modern Catholic is not typically you know intimate with their Bible. Agreed. And I think that. You know, Catholics, they get a bad rap sometimes about not knowing their Bible. and, and that, That's a safe safe assumption. Yeah. But then a lot of Catholics don't realize just how much of the Bible we actually know just from sitting in Mass. Exactly. You sit in Mass for three years. And, you know, if you went to daily Mass, you'd know 80-some-odd percent. You'd have virtually. heard it. You would have heard more than 80% of the Bible. Right. Just in the readings. Right. Right. And hopefully the, the homilies would have something to do with, with the readings. So you'd have some kind of... Um, uh, elaboration or exegesis on on the sacred text that would be presented to you over right. like a three year period, but the vast majority of Catholics and I put myself in this category early on. Same here. Would s- just say, yeah. You, if you said you have a Bible, of course I have a Bible. Yep. Yeah, I'm religious. I, I go to church. I have a Bible. Right. When is the last time you actually opened the Bible up? Now I don't want a show of hands out there <laughs> of people who are listening to the show right now. Keep your hands on the Keep wheel. Your, yeah, exactly right. Don't don't have a wreck on my account. But right. don't. But you know. You know. But mentally, raise your hand if you haven't cracked open your Bible in more than a week. Yeah. Vast majority of the hands just went up. Yeah. Well, keep them up if it's been two weeks. Keep Uh-oh. them up if it's Uh-oh. been a month. Uh-oh. Now, and, and I'm, I will venture to say that at least half of those hands are still up if I say oh, yeah. it's been more than a year. Wow. You think about that for a second. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the missalette at Mass. Right. Because we all flip at that and go like, you know, how long is the gospel today? Let's <laughs> hope it's a short one, you know. <laughs> but the reality is 
our Bibles at home have, have sit there collecting dust. They do, and yeah. we, some of us have these really pretty Bibles, oh, you know, yeah. that were gifts to the family or whatever, and they sit there on uh, you Weigh know about fifty pounds. Oh yeah, big nice fancy Bibles, and <laughs> right. and maybe there's some kind of list of baptisms or something in the front of it, a family Bible. Yep. But you would get in trouble if you were ever right in it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so so these are not we'll call working Bibles. I would agree with that. These are decorative Bibles. Yes. And do you open them every once in a while? Sure. And I've I've got one of those, a really nice big leather bound Ignatian uh, uh, Ignatius uh, a Bible. It's a really pretty Bible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. every once in a while, I'll see my kids pick it up. And when we read at Christmas time, we like to read the Christmas story right. to them at, on on Christmas Eve before they go to bed. Mm-hmm. And we read from that Bible. So yeah. it's like a nice ceremonial kind of thing to do. Mm-hmm. But that's not the kind of Bible intimacy I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about popping that Bible open and just sort of like exposing yourself to Jesus. Okay. And letting Jesus expose, you know, his word, his His teachings to you mm-hmm. on an intimate level. Yeah. And so I guess to start off, we should start first of all and say, well, what is intimacy? Yes. What does that mean? I mean, because you can say um, that this is my friend. You know, if, if I'm a guy and she's a girl, this is my friend. Right. Right, and she's my friend. Well, that that says she's an acquaintance. Right, that says one kind of relationship. Right, but if I say, well, I'm intimate with her, well, now suddenly that changes everything. Totally. And most people, especially guys, yes. will think that there's a physical relationship there. Right, and and that's not altogether uh, wrong thinking. That's right. really what you mean by by intimate. Right. To be intimate is to be totally uh, exposing yourself to the other. Right. Right. You're not holding anything back. No. It's a very, very personal, very, very profound relationship. Yep. In fact, how many times have we read in the Bible, you know, the Old Testament stuff, and it'll talk about uh, this particular man, you know, he knew her. Right. And then they had this child. Right. Wow. Okay, he knew her. Right. Well, I know lots of people. but That's not what they're saying. Remember, as kids, we used to say, you know, to know her in the biblical sense. You know, we'd, right. all, we'd all giggle because right. we... That intimated right. a, a physical relationship, exactly a marital relationship, exactly. and that's what the Bible. So when you truly know, you know someone, you're intimate with them, right? And so if someone were to ask you, "Do you know your Bible? Are you intimate with your Bible?" It's like, well, at that point, you start going, well, "What does that mean exactly?" Right. What it means is to to totally pour yourself into um, the Bible, immerse yourself, immerse yourself. To where you know that Bible, backwards and forwards, where it's just, it's, it's part of you. Right. Because as we look, uh, obviously, our, our, our teachings about the Bible mm-hmm. and what we believe in sacred scripture as in the Catholic Church is that this is the inspired word of, word of God. Absolutely. Right? And so we have this opportunity. This is divine revelation. God is revealing himself to us. Mm-hmm. He, right? he wants to be intimate with us. He wants to know us and have him have us know him. Exactly. He wants that intimate relationship. Right. Right? A total self-gift of a relationship. He wants that. And one of the ways he offers that to us is through this this opportunity with sacred scripture. Right. There's also sacred tradition. But here we have scripture, something that we can become infinitely familiar with. Right. Not in a casual way, but a very intimate, profound level. Well, that changes everything. It's a game changer. It does. And so we need to talk about that for a second. How do we do that? Open it up. That's the first step is is 
is opening it up. That's right. Think again about the, you know, both of us are married. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're all, you know, well advanced in our marital years. We've been yes. married for quite some time. I just went through my 25th wedding anniversary not long ago. But it only seems, seems like one or two years, right? That's a, you're a smart beautiful. man. A yeah, you are. You, yeah. You're talking like a guy that doesn't want to make scored. his wife mad. Just you scored. did. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, good for you, Tom. So, but at the beginning of your relationship. Right. Right. At the beginning of your relationship. You didn't really know your wife. I mean, you 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 kind of were acquainted with her. Right. You knew there were qualities about her that were appealing that that drew you to her. Right. Right. Her her physical appearance, her her sense of humor, her intellect, um, her good spirit, just the things about her that you would that would draw you to her. Right. But on only on sort of an acquaintance, and then it sort of builds level. Right. Well, it starts your relationship with her started in the simple way of just. Starting to like we do with the Bible, open it, open it up. Just find out more about her. Right, right. The more familiar you were, you became with her, the more you realized how much you loved her. Right. Absolutely. And I'm speaking for you, but I'm speaking for myself. Oh yeah. We're all in that same boat. For yeah. people who've who've had these long, uh, fruitful marriages, it's been a, a great experience. But it didn't start in this intimate level. It had to build to that. Right. That's the way it is with sacred scripture. The yep. first thing we need to do is just open it up. Yep. Right, and start looking, start reading, yep. start doing these things. How often do we realize that these Bibles are like these these like the family Bibles for show? It's just sitting there, right? And we because we don't open it up, right? It's been a year, it's been five years. How long you had that Bible? We we got that when we got married twenty years ago. That's great. Well, when's the last time you opened it? Well, we don't really we don't want to market it. You know, <laughs> we don't we want to preserve its its beauty. It's like well. Right. Okay, so I'll let you have that. I'll let you have the ceremonial fancy family Bible that's for show, mm-hmm. right? The trophy that sits there. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. right? But I'm going to challenge you and say then then what you need to do is you need to go buy another Bible that you don't care if it gets disheveled. You don't care if it gets used. What With you the highlights in, in it. In fact, yeah, you want to write in it. Yeah. Oh, I knew when I was growing up if we had the family Bible. Notes if I started if I started writing in the Bible, I'd have gotten maybe a little scolding. Just a little. Yeah. What are you doing? Don't write in that Bible. <laughs> but you need to have a Bible you can write in. You can take notes. God is talking to you. And to have a conversation, maybe sometimes you want to take notes when God talks to you. You're right. Right? And so writing in the Bible, highlighting important passages, many passages we talk about on the show here in the Catholic Cafe are ones that like, you know, that's a good point. Maybe I should highlight that to remember that. That's true. When I'm having a conversation with my friend. Yeah. You know, and this is a good way to remember it. And there it is. And you open up and there's this big yellow highlighted section. You read that again draws your attention and and you start to sort of remember it more right and know where it is in the bible so familiarity begins with starting this process of opening the bible up right and then going ahead and marking in it right you know in fact what's so interesting is to see the perspective you know i, I remember having um, uh, some mormon missionaries that came to my house mm-hmm. and i i had uh, i invited them in we talked for a while and she had this uh, book of mormon with her mm-hmm. and she was going to share and she was wanting to talk with me about the book of mormon well i had some questions to ask her about her faith and so i went to my shelf and pulled off a book of mormon that interestingly not long before i had bought at a yard sale okay as a curiosity and it was some from a, a a man had passed away who was a mormon and it was well worn. This thing has a leather had a, had a leather cover, mm-hmm. and 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 its pages were all just had been rifled through. They were all wrinkled and and well worn, dog eared. It had many many years of service in this man's hands. And so when I bought it, I just had it on my shelf, and so I pulled it off. Well, her eyes got really big. Oh, I bet. 
And in fact, in the conversation, now she had this nice new pristine paperback thing yeah. that she had just gotten uh, given to her uh, b- before she became a missionary. And she says, do, do you want to trade? <laughs> really? Now, and the interesting thing there is, now I didn't trade, but the interesting there was, the interesting thing there was, see, for her, that that would be a trophy. It would be something to have so that her her friends would be able to see that and go, wow, you got a well-worn. Yeah. That's a, that Bible's been around the bend. That's a well-used Bible. Right. Now, I'm not in, encouraging people to have trophies, no. but I, but I am saying that if you have a Bible that's been used, it's going to look like that's that. right. Well, she wanted my Book of Mormon, and I do. You know, we've had on the show uh, above average Catholic Bill. We have. You're right. A couple of times. Well, he brought his uh, he brought his Bible to a Bible study. He goes, Deacon Jeff, wait till you see my Bible. <laughs> that thing's got duct tape holding the cover together. Seriously? It's, it's, yeah, it's got duct tape. And it's cool. all marked up or whatever. And again, that's he doesn't cool. wear it as a trophy. But when I look at it, I go, well, here's a man that uses his Bible. How about that? His Bible is used, and that's a tremendous gift. That is. And, and, and also, a person like that is going to be more familiar, right, with their Bible. Right. Right now. So this is an important thing for us to, to remember. Yeah. This is all part of becoming intimate with your Bible. You, you actually have to open it up. Yep. Now, there are other things that we want to talk about here, and we're going to do that on the other side of this break. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. And also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. So with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. At the very core of our Christianity is the gospel's call to serve and defend those without a voice. On March 25, 1995, then-Pope John Paul II echoed Christ's command in a particular way when he wrote the groundbreaking encyclical Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life. He reminded us of the deep commitment that all Christians have to the cause and protection of human life. He introduced the church and all of society to the concept of building a culture of life. John Paul II wrote, The gospel of life is at the heart of Jesus' message. Lovingly received day after day by the church, it is to be preached with dauntless fidelity as good news to the people of every age and culture. Evangelium Vitae outlines the many threats to human life in today's culture of death, such as abortion, euthanasia, and the destruction of human embryos for research. The document challenges present-day Christians to reject and condemn these unspeakable crimes. The late pontiff wrote, The deliberate decision to deprive an innocent human being of his life is always morally evil and can never be licit either as an end in itself or as a means to a good end. We are called to witness to the culture of life in our daily lives, but many find this difficult and overwhelming. It is far too easy to feel almost powerless, as though good can never triumph over a world filled with so much evil. But John Paul offered us hope. He wrote, The gospel of life is something concrete and personal, For it consists in the proclamation of the very person of Jesus. 
man is given the possibility of knowing the complete truth concerning the value of human life. From the first moment of conception, every life has meaning and worth. Evangelium Vitae invites us into a deeper reverence for life at all stages. But it also challenges us to create a culture of life in our own hearts, in our own families, and in our own communities. In the words of John Paul II, Where life is involved, the service of charity must be profoundly consistent. For human life is sacred and inviolable at every stage and in every situation. It is an indivisible good. Answer the late pontiff's call and renew your commitment to building the culture of life. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm still Deacon Jeff, and I'm still talking to Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. And, and so we're talking about biblical intimacy. We are. Right? And Open we're, it up. That's right. Exactly right. And that's where it starts. Right. And, uh, and, and you were mentioning in the break uh, while we were listening to, to, to Bess, you were talking about. She's good. People probably think that I'm nuts for bringing a Mormon <laughs> missionary into my house. <laughs> but you know what? We've got to take those opportunities when we get them. Yeah. Uh, and, How uh, are you going to learn? That's exactly right. So anyway, all that aside, we're continuing this process. How do we become more intimate with our Bible? And, and so we start with this idea of just opening it up. Right. Now, a lot of people will actually be intimidated by the Bible. Yeah. Because it is a profound presentation of it revelation. Really is. Right? You're it, right. It, it's, it's a major construct. It is not something that was just... Um, put out in an afternoon. It's not like a child's sketch or a, a little short story that happened to be written. It is a very voluminous, it is. intimidating thing sometimes sitting there. You're right. And a lot of times there's there's imagery that we don't understand. There are words we don't understand. There's dialects. There's phraseology. There's all these just things. we've, And then all those these, these histories and things that we don't understand. And that's just the Old Testament. Right. And then you get into the New Testament. There's these letters to who are these people and why are they writing letters back and forth? And right. Which, what what of these are suggestions and what of these are laws? And I, I don't understand how this stuff's put together, nor do I even know if someone said, hey, uh, go to this book. I wouldn't know if that's in the front part of the Bible or if that's in the bar- back part of the Bible, right, you know? Right. And it can be intimidating. It can. You're right. When I was a younger man and I was born and raised Catholic, but I fell away and I didn't know my Bible. Mm-hmm. I wasn't intimate at all with my Bible. Right. Right. And so I would just, if someone said, hey, go to this place. I don't know where that is. Yeah. And that can be embarrassing. Yep. Which then means that, you know, I'm as a Catholic, I'm not going to want to get into a Bible study. Right. Because they're going to see I'm stupid. Yeah. These people are going to be there, and they're going to be way ahead of me, and they're whatever. You know, heaven forbid I ever should go in front of a Protestant who's got a Bible. And most of those guys don't even need Bibles because they're quoting chapter and verse. That's intimidating. It is. You're right. And again, we're going to say the same thing, how we, how we get rid of that intimidation is we become more familiar with our Bible. Yeah, get to know it, and then you go right to it. One of the things, one of the great tricks to do, one of the things that we can do first off is you go to the the, the local bookstore and you buy those little Bible tabs, mm-hmm. and then you and you put them in your Bible. Mm-hmm. And what that forces you to do is you now suddenly know where all the books are. Right. He's like, well, where is Habakkuk? Right. You know, you have to spit when you say Habakkuk. <laughs> where is that book? 
Oh, right. wait, wait a second. Here it is. Right. And you find the place for it, and you put the little tab in there. There you go. And that just it forces you to start to look at the Bible as this big construct, this mm-hmm. beautiful divine presentation mm-hmm. that is multifaceted, multilayered. But you start to see there's an organization. You start to realize that the Old Testament... Well, there's the law, laws of Moses, the books of Moses. Mm-hmm. There's the wisdom literature. There's the historical literature. Oh, there's the uh, prophetic, you know, the minor prophets, the major prophets. And you start to realize, wait a second, this is sort of, there's an order here. Right. This is not like a sense of randomness. Right. You know, and then you look at the New Testament, you go, oh, these are the Gospels. Right. Oh, look at the Acts of the Apostles. That's right after Luke. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of a, uh, a connection, not after Luke, it's after John, but there's a connection between, because it's written by Luke, there's a connection between the Gospels mm-hmm. and the Acts of the Apostles. Right. And then you start seeing these letters showing up, and they're sort of in order. And so you start to realize suddenly that there is an order to all this. Yeah. It's kind of like looking at a road map. Mm-hmm. How many times have we gone on a trip, and it's like, you get in the car, and you've not looked at any kind of map, and where are we going? Well, we're, I know where we're going, but I, don't, I haven't seen the map, so I'm just going to kind of wing it. Yeah. Well, that's going to be in, that way. intimidating. Yeah. But once you look at the map and you kind of see how things are organized, you see what cities you're going to go through, what highways you're going to take, it's a whole different perspective. You're right. So if you want to get rid of intimidation, yep. become familiar. Right. Open it up. Start looking at the Bible. That's one of the first things that we can do, and that's going to help in this process of, of being intimidated. You know, and we also kind of get intimidated by this idea of not knowing the scripture and the verse. That, that that's one of the I don't want to say it's a trick, but it's one of the methods that that a, a, a well-meaning, loving, uh, separated brother and sister in Christ, a Protestant, will do to a Catholic. They'll start quoting chapter and verse, yep. and you feel instantly intimidated. I don't know where that is, you yeah. know. And a lot of Catholics don't realize how much scripture they actually know. I've done a quiz where I would start the verse. And they could actually finish it. And they had no idea where it came from. They did that like 20 times in a row. I said, do you know your Bible? Do you know where where this is said? No, no, no. No one knew where. They, but when I said it, I said the verse, they could finish the verse out. How about that? Because they're That's so familiar. Neat. Why? Because they go to Mass. Yeah. They hear this all the time. Yeah. But I'm just saying that once you start to find out where these things are, it helps you. And yeah. there's something about this concept of you know, verse slinging and, 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 and chunking out chapter and verse that we need to be aware of. It, you know, as a parent, you know your kids. Oh, yeah. Right? You know their names. Yeah. But you didn't sit down and memorize your kids' names, did you? No. I, said, well, I mean, that's kind of crazy. I've got nine kids. Right. I didn't have to do, uh, you know, like a, like I was uh, cramming for a test. Yeah. Let's see. There's Megan. There's Jeffrey. There's Nicholas. There's Jacob. <laughs> you know, and, and I didn't have to remember them that way. How did I know my kids? Because I was familiar. Because I knew them. Because I was intimate with my family. Right. Right? And because I had that relationship with my family, then I knew my children. Well, if you have that relationship with your Bible, you will start to know chapter and verse. That's true. You'll start to go, uh, What was? where is that verse? I know Jesus said that thing to Peter. And I think oh, it's, it's Matthew. That's right. I was reading Matthew, and it's in Matthew. And pretty soon you start going, wait a second, that's Matthew chapter 16. Yeah. Then you start going, wait, that's uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And suddenly you start to piece that all together, and then you remember that. Yeah. And that's where it happens. That's, that's, that comes from just knowledge, from knowing, from being familiar with, being intimate with the Bible. So Bible intimacy is what leads you to that, that knowledge that you're able to, then you won't be so intimidated when you have those conversations. Right. Another thing that we need to do is realize and remember that the Catholic Bible 
that the Bible is Catholic in its origin. The, the Bible came out of the Catholic Church. Right. A lot of people don't realize that, and they think that the Bible is something that you know is copyrighted by some other church or whatever, and we all just kind of use the same book. That Bible International or whatever publishes this thing, and it's non-denominational. It's, no, it, it came from the Catholic Church. There were councils. The uh, let's see, the the, the Council of uh, there was the Council of Rome in 382 A.D. Mm-hmm. There was the Council of Hippo in 393 A.D. The Council of Carthage in 397 A.D. And the Second Council of Carthage in 419 A.D. Mm-hmm. In which bishops got together and sort of helped everyone start to go. These are the books that they, that, that need to be in the Bible. Right. And they started to realize that these were the right books. Now, those were not ecumenical councils, so they were not universal to the church. Mm-hmm. However, within uh, a few hundred years, there was um, uh, another um, another council that was held in the second council of Nicaea, right? That was in 787 AD. And then in 1335 AD, there was an ecumenical council of Florence. And in both of those councils, they ratified that list. Mm-hmm. And that list that those early bishops picked, every single book of the... Catholic Bible, all 72 books, uh, 72 uh, books, the, the 73 books, I'm sorry. There's 46 Old Testament and there's 27 New Testament. Mm-hmm. All 73 of those books were ratified, were agreed to. Those are the same ones that those early bishops did. Those are the same books the Catholics have in their Bible today. Right. And they weren't pulled out. They weren't taken out. Right. Until the 1500s. Right. Right. And so when, when, a, when a Protestant asked you, hey, why, why, when did you guys add those books? The right question is, when did we take them away? Yeah. Right? And so remember that we need to sort of regain our heritage and reappreciate the Catholic heritage of the Bible. It's a shame that so many Catholics are unfamiliar with their Bibles. Yeah. Because it's actually essentially a Catholic book. Doesn't mean a Protestant can't read it. Right. It just means the heritage, the tradition, the history is actually a Catholic one. Yeah. Now, the, the last thing I'd want to talk about here is... This concept of knowing, being intimate with the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's a basic, simple concept. Mm-hmm. The more that we know the Bible, it's not just a, a, about memorizing verses and, and uh, chapters and verses. Mm-hmm. It's about the context. It's actually the, the contents. It's, it's actually more than that even. It's what happens, what happens to us when we read Scripture. The oh, more transformed. Exactly. Yeah. The more we know our scripture, the more we know God. Right. God is expressing himself to us in sacred scripture. And so our call is to be intimate with our Bibles because we desire to be intimate with God. God desires to be intimate with us. Right. So the more as a Catholic we open up that sacred scripture, the more that we that we pull out um, what God is trying to say to us through those beautiful that the gift of scripture the more we can appreciate the church, the more we can appreciate uh, sacred tradition, the more we can appreciate God and everyone else that we meet. That's exactly right. That's what we're called to do is to be intimate with our Bible, not to shun it, not to put it over there, not to dec- let it decorate our homes, right. but to be intimate with the Bible. Yeah. Tell you what, let's now pray about this. Let's do that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the gifts and the blessings you've given us, especially the gift of your Son, Jesus, sent to reconcile us to you forever. We also thank you for the gift of your revelation to us, especially in the form of sacred scripture. Help us to see in scripture an opportunity to truly know your Son, the eternal Word, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com.
Catholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. <laughs>